Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Director of Communications at the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Kevin Hart, the CEO of Green Check Verified, a leading provider of cannabis banking solutions and expert advisory services for financial institutions. He's an experienced, passionate, team-oriented leader that's held executive positions in venture-backed technology companies. He also specializes in developing strategic plans coupled with organizational development with strong metric-driven execution to achieve the next level of results. His diverse experience includes strategic planning, startup and or expanded business strategies, organizational development, sales organizations, and operational execution, all with exceptional executive relationships and board of directors development. Thanks for joining me on the show today, Kevin. Oh, thank you very much, Bethany. Glad to be here. Great. So let's jump in and learn a little bit more about you, Kevin. Uh, So obviously you're working in uh, this financial side of things and Uh, working with the cannabis industry, but what did you do before finding yourself where you're at now? So I'm a nerd by, uh, at heart and by training, (laughs) and it's okay to say that. Um, So I started as an assembler COBOL programmer way back in the late 70s, and then I eventually went to uh, work for some different global software companies because I became much more interested in what technology could do as opposed to how technology actually did it. So uh, my fingers uh, came off the keyboard, but I've always been uh, very intrigued by what technology can actually accomplish. And it's been a fun ride to watch the evolution of starting a career in a with a computer that took up half the room, uh, you know, size, the size of a large van to uh, mm-hmm. the same power on, on my Apple watch today. Uh, so it's been fun to watch it all evolve and be a part of it all as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, watching technology evolve is, is amazing. And I, I think Moore's law, no personal relation. It has something <laughs> to do with this. Uh, you know, every year that goes by, we are our processing power expands, or uh, and get our technology is getting smaller too. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those Apple watches. Uh, so moving forward here, um, how did you get involved in the cannabis side of things? Um, you know, there's a lot of technology in cannabis, of course, but it, it is its own unique field. I I wonder what pushed you into this movement in now industry. Well, there's two different aspects to how I got involved. The first one was, again, you know, being being surprised by and, you know, connecting uh, people via technology with data. So um, I had the pleasure of running the largest independent uh, Apple dealer in the world. It was a company called TechServe in New York City. And it's one of the key th- projects that we completed there was bringing the iPads to the airports across the U.S. And, you know, that was fascinating when you considered, you know, that every passenger that went through a terminal and utilized the iPad, you saw a 45 plus percent uh, increase in revenue per passenger. And it was just connectivity. All the same 
same opportunities to purchase everything was there, but by changing the engagement model and making it technology-based, we saw results that were far greater than what, than what we had expected. And that is what led me to be approached to build a point of sale system for the cannabis industry because of my background with enterprise technology, order management, demand management, supply chain, complex movement of goods. They all lent themselves to the cannabis industry to build a point of sale solution. Uh, but the more I found out about the cannabis industry and the effectiveness of the plant and you know how it was actually being utilized, and also the, the other challenge that the cannabis industry had then and still has today is the fact that they're under or unbanked. And that became a much more interesting complex data puzzle to focus on versus another point of sale. So I like doing new things. Um, not only making old things better and easier, but anytime you can do something new, that became very exciting. Yeah, no lack of co- no lack of complexities for the cannabis industry with all the moving parts, with the federal status in limbo, with individual states taking their own approaches to how they are regulating the plant as well. The seed to sale aspect of the cannabis industry has has always been uh you know this incredibly complex aspect of cultivation sales just the basic movement of goods so and it's constantly changing too right and you marry that up against the uh the complex rules of the u.s financial system you know they have a beak sink Bank Secrecy Act, anti-money laundering, uh, Office of Foreign Asset Control, politically exposed persons, etc., tax collection, revenue recognition, etc. So you have these two independent and highly, highly regulated industries that would just love to work together, but they have to be able to figure out how. And because, as you pointed out, those rules and regulations are constantly evolving and changing, that is a data aggregation, a data enablement, a data analyzation, a data presentation puzzle that we thought was going to be super fascinating to try to solve. And that was the genesis of GreenCheck. How do you provide access to U.S. banking services at a price point and a scale that serves the entire cannabis industry? Yes, it is a... It's a it's a puzzle that's constantly moving. Once you think you have the pieces that fit, it shifts again. It seems, mm-hmm. so, yeah. So um, so with Green Check verified, uh, you're the CEO there. What's what's new with the company? It's the year 2022. Cannabis has been legal um, in certain in a couple of states for eight years now and more and more states are coming online. What's what's the current view of where we're going here? Well, the industry's you know expanding and continues to expand. So 38 states, plus you have US territories and Washington, DC. You have all the markets for the marijuana THC based uh, uh, plant. But then you also have with the CBD and the hemp and the farm bill, um, that market is legal in 50 states. And so, you know, the challenge still is for financial institutions, how do they delineate good money versus bad money? 
what's a compliant business, what's a non-compliant business in the fastest growing consumer packaged good market out there. If we, you know, it is going to outstrip alcohol sales in 2025. It's going to lap it. And then it's just going to keep going uh, because you have more states coming online. Uh, so, uh, when, when we first started this and we were looking at it, it was in 13 states and it was $3 billion. You know, you look at where it is today mm -hmm. and it's showing no signs of slowing down and it won't. Absolutely. Um, and before we take our first commercial break, it, it makes me think about the flurry of activity we're seeing on the East Coast with all those little colonial states as well. Um, there's some new content on NCI's website about North Carolina, about New Jersey. And of course, uh, I'll mention we are kicking off as this episode airs our three event series in New York. Uh, we're hosting three events for our Insights and Influencers New York Opportunity Tour. And that is Monday, June 6th, Tuesday, June 7th and Thursday, June 9th, and we will be in Rochester, New York, Albany, New York, and New York City, of course. So we're heading on the road for a few days. Uh, feel free to register if you're a member of NCIA. You get co complimentary tickets depending on your level of membership with NCIA. And tickets are available as well for non-members. I think they're $100 a person. So be sure to join us. Learn more about what's happening in the New York market. Uh, learn from people who have been in the industry for years and years as well. All right, let's take that first commercial break. And then we'll be right back and we'll continue talking with Kevin Hart from Green Check verified. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore with NCIA, and we're talking with Kevin Hart from Green Check Verified. So to kick off our conversation here, let's talk about the bigger picture. Um, maybe dispel some misinformation and myths about banking in the cannabis industry. There's tons of challenges. We know that. We know the Safe Banking Act, uh, one of NCIA's babies, <laughs> has <laughs> passed the U.S. House six times now, um, but it always dies in the Senate. So as we mentioned, there's a lot of cash-heavy operations happening out there as our industry is un underbanked or unbanked. But there is some kind of banking services being used in our industry. Um, you know, the dispensary I shop at, I can use my debit card there, uh, but there's an extra fee of a couple of dollars, for example. So, so let's talk about that, Kevin. Sure. So the... The cannabis industry is being banked, and again, there's certain segments that are unbanked or underbanked. But I mean, we, you know, just speaking from our our pool of clients, we have over 100 FIs that are banking 2,500 plus cannabis businesses operating in 38 states. That's banking, and already year to date, we've processed north of 1.4 billion dollars. So that is money that otherwise would not be in the U.S. banking system that is now in there and goes through exam cycles and is approving. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you still have that challenge of 
other financial institutions in the industry, banking industry at large saying, well, I may wait for you know the Safe Banking Act to pass. Uh, I'll wait for some other rule and regulation uh, to change. And it's not codified anywhere that it's illegal to bank cannabis. In fact, uh, FinCEN guidance uh, gives you the stipulations and it tells you what you actually need to, to be able to do to follow that. But you know, to be able to do so, you have to make sure, like you talk about using a debit card. There are certain uh, cannabis businesses that have allowed credit cards to be used. That's a big no-no right off the bat. And so <clears throat> you have to be able to uh, show and demonstrate to your examiners on the banking side that you're banking compliant businesses and compliant transactions and sources and uses of funds are also compliant. So it goes back to that complexity uh, side of it. As it relates to Washington, um, you know, I, I learned this quote a long time ago, the accurate art of observation is often viewed as cynicism by those who do not possess it. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting quote. <laughs> I just don't think that, you know, the Senate is going to do anything. So it can, it can pass the House six more times. I still think it's just going to stall in the Senate. I, it doesn't have the traction. You have competing forces on Safe Banking Act, decriminalization, descheduling, et cetera. Hard lines have been drawn in the sand. We've seen how that's changed before. But you know, people have taken these positions. And the latest is, well, we're going to bring it up right before August recess. Well, you might as well not even bring it up because we know what happens in August recess. Nothing. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called a recess. So I, uh, I think it will happen. I, I used to I used to believe it you know it was a much longer cycle before it did. I think it will happen. I think when it does happen, one thing is absolutely guaranteed. There's going to be more rules and regulations, nevertheless, because Washington can't help itself. Department of Treasury is never going to allow the illicit funds to just freely enter the U.S. banking system. There's still a lot of illicit activity out there, unfortunately, for the industry of legitimate operators. So that that isn't going to happen. And every bill down in Washington, every piece of legislation has the excise tax associated with it. And we've seen time and time again, we can go state by state, Bethany, right? We can talk about these concrete empirical examples of when they went from medical to adult and they introduced the tax, excise or otherwise, the black market bumped up. Their legal sales went down and nobody collected the tax that they wanted to get on top of it. And so you already have the states collecting the tax. Now the federal government wants to layer in on top of it. People are just going to cause a problem. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's many layers of issues there that, that you're absolutely correct about. And, you know, I think some lawmakers are trying to get some of these Safe Banking Act provisions included in some larger comprehensive log legislation. And um, it's it's a it's a struggle bus. You know, it's mm -hmm. a, <laughs> it's it moves at a glacial pace in in D.C., as they say. So re regarding bigger, comprehensive legislation let's say congress passes some kind of big comprehensive federal legalization legislation or or the standalone bill the safe banking act somehow makes it through the senate maybe maybe they were <laughs> they were having a good day and the senate decided to pass it and it makes it to the president's desk and it gets signed into law all right this is all hypothetical 
Mm -hmm. The idea is that this will allow banks to work with cannabis companies without getting in trouble, that FinCEN guidance you were talking about as well, without getting in trouble with the Department of Justice, right? What, what, would, that, what would that scenario look like? Well, I don't, I don't think that's the realistic scenario, candidly. And the reason being is when they talk about they're going to allow safe banking and that you'll be able to serve the cannabis industry without fear of prosecution and safe harbor uh, from prosecution, there's a comma at the end of all those sentences. And the comma is provided you follow all the federal, state, um, rules and regulations of which, again, I firmly believe there will be many, many more. And so I think the challenge becomes more complex uh, because they are going to want to track the money for the tax purposes. And I also believe that tied to safe, even if it goes standalone, I think that you're going to see pressure, and this has been mounting and has been present for some time, especially on the West Coast. If you look at Oregon, Washington, California, Colorado, the mature markets, they're really pushing for interstate commerce. And when you start adding interstate commerce to to the mix as well, because everything is interstate now, um, it's going to become even more complex for where did the product come from? What's the source of the product? And therefore, how do you track the funds and and the sell-through and the supply chain of commerce over the supply chain of plant to follow all that financial activity? Um, so I think just getting it through Congress, then the rules and regulations and the interagency dependency that's going to be required, be it DEA, SEC, USDA, you know, right on down the alphabet soup. Everybody's Mm going to have their fingers uh, involved. And you still have the states trying to preserve their programs and protect their their programs and their tax bases and then the federal oversight. So I think the the ball of yarn is going to get bigger. Um, And I think that also creates a great opportunity for the data puzzle you know, making sure that the data is enabled to serve the industry. Mm, yeah, you're absolutely right about that interstate commerce and uh, with with the amount of coordination that will be required uh, to move forward with that. It makes me think of that meme of Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where he's oh, got yeah. the, the crazy <laughs> wall and the papers and the strings and he's connecting the dots. Um, it's, <laughs> oh, I'm going to use that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a good meme and it applies to so many situations. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of calculus involved in making this kind of complex machinery work, but um, we're, we're, we're definitely looking toward that future. I mean, that's, that's ideal as well, just for so, so many reasons. Um, so we're about to take our second commercial break. Um, but when we get back from that, I, I kind of want to keep talking a little bit about interstate commerce um, because it is such a can of worms uh, that, that it would open up between. Uh, I mean, one of the benefits is that there are certain climates um, and environmental conditions that are more conducive to growing and curing cannabis uh, with less energy, less carbon footprint, this, that, and the other. And then other states that, you know, with our current, um, our current system, every state has to, you know, start fresh. You can't, you can't send 
cannabis from California or Oregon or Washington to, um, you know, a, a state that would require more energy, um, uh, maybe a colder environment or a very hot environment. Anyway, so there's just so many layers to uh, this interstate commerce and where we're going with it. Uh, and we'll talk more about that when we get back from our commercial break. So stay tuned. We will be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, and we're just wrapping up our conversation here with Kevin Hart from Green Check Verified. Um, And looking at this federal landscape, um, interstate commerce has come up a lot at NCIA. Um, Our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee uh, published a three-part blog series and recorded a podcast episode with me talking about social equity perspectives on the future of interstate commerce for our industry as well. Um, So federal legalization will lead to opening up interstate commerce and even international commerce for our industry. Talk about a can of worms. That's going to be really complex math. I wonder what you think the relationship between bankers and cannabis companies are, are going to look like in, in that bigger, not only interstate, but global commerce scenario? Well, it, it started it started as a community-based aspect, and, and we still see a lot of that, where you know, financial institutions want to serve the, their local uh, business partners in the cannabis space, but we're already seeing <clears throat> regional and national banking programs where they're serving you know, cannabis industries and or uh, businesses in 22 states, and they have a physical location in four. <laughs> Pardon me, that's already occurring, uh, and we see more and more financial institutions coming on banks, larger banks, 50 billion and up, coming into the market because they see that opportunity to serve them, and. You know, using the Gretzky analogy, a lot of people talk about skate to where the puck is going to be. You know, some of the smarter financial institutions are looking at this and understanding that they need to uh, be able to serve that. But financial institutions, they don't do, they don't make any decisions without data. And so when you start looking at interstate and international commerce, they still have the same set of complex rules that they have to follow. But now they have to actually start following the pricing of the product because the sourcing of the product is going to drive the pricing. 
and that presents a whole different set of challenges for both sides of the equation to look at. And so we have seen in many cases where uh, a plant under canopy growth versus outdoor growth and the price per pound, but the sell through is still the same. So is it the margin? Is it, is it money movement, et cetera? Those are the sort of things that need to happen. Hmm. The good news is, I think the really, really good news is, and you hit upon this before the break, is those different environments where you'll be able to safely and effectively grow a, a quality product you know, free from pesticides, testing available, et cetera, and be able to uh, present that product at a different price point because you don't have that expensive growth is going to create a better price point for the consumer. And it's also going to allow new brands and new uh, new products to be built and, and driven because you still have that core, core product that then goes into everything from the grower and the cultivator. Now you're going to enable different parts of the businesses, the industry itself to grow through the extraction, different product sets, different modalities, different tinctures, beverages, et cetera, uh, because the creativity in and around the product and the expansion that we've seen of the product and its availability modes is fascinating to watch. Oh, yeah, I agree. And, and with all that innovation, it can really support the growth of small businesses, of more uh, mom and pop local community wealth to be to be built as well. Um, just more opportunities in our in our industry to to move forward. Um, we are running out of time here, but um, before we go, I, I wanted to mention that uh, one of your colleagues, Peter Sue, serves on one of our committees, NCIA's Banking and Financial Services Committee as well. How fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you can count on Peter being at those New York events that you talked about as well, too. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, it's nice to get back on the road and, uh, you know, these last couple of years of not hosting in-person events because of the COVID pandemic. I think, you know, we're slowly coming out of the woods here with these smaller evening networking reception events. They're very comfortable and cozy um, and, you know, not, not as big as those two or three day thousands and thousands of person conferences that will eventually evolve back into, but it is so nice to be around people again. It's so nice to network and honestly, the cannabis industry, it's, it feels like, uh, it feels like a, a family reunion or a high school reunion or something, whenever. It's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) And, and you're getting to meet some people for the very first time. You could have been working with them for two years and you never physically met. Exactly. So we're excited to, to get to see people's faces, to to get back in person as well. So uh, there's still time to register for NCIA's Insights and Influencers New York Opportunity Tour. Just head to our website, thecannabisindustry.org, and register today. And uh, we've run out of time, but Kevin, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been it's been a pleasure talking about some of the exciting possibilities uh, that that we're that we're heading into here in the cannabis industry. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat with us. Thank you. 
Excellent. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.